If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hey, welcome to another episode of Rock your money, rock your life. And that's what I love to do is help you become financially free so you have the time to do the things you want in your life. But before we get started today, I wanted to remind you that if you truly do want more out of your life, there has to be another way, yes? Because the wanting of more means that the strategy you currently have isn't working. So whether you want it in your business or you need a more supportive environment, you know, wherever you are, you're tired of not living into your gifts and doing the mundane and things that don't excite you, then I know I can help. All you have to do is jump on a call with one of my directors of opportunity at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. And we are there to truly help you understand how when you rock your money, you will also rock your life. So what are you waiting for? Go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and let's get started today. Today's guest is Arthur Samuel Joseph. He's the founder and chairman of the Vocal Awareness Institute. He's widely recognized as one of the world's foremost communication strategists and authorities on the human voice. His leadership and training programs, Vocal Awareness, teaches communication mastery through a disciplined regimen of specific techniques designed to cultivate an embodied and enhanced leadership presence and personal presence as well. He's coached Angelina Jolie, Sean Connery, Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, Jerry Rice, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and many, many more. Please welcome to today's show, none other than Arthur Samuel Joseph. And welcome to the podcast, Arthur. I'm excited to have you here. Well, we were just speaking before we got on, and we have a history I didn't even know about, so I'm doubly thrilled to be here. Thank you. Well, you know, being involved in Tony Robbins' world and you having trained Tony Robbins decades ago with voice, uh, your name is often brought up in our community as the go-to guy. So it's a bit of a dream come true for me to actually get this chance to have this conversation with you and to personally be able to benefit from it. But for, for the time being, 54 years you've been doing this, tell us a little bit how you came into it and why you think it's so important. I don't think it's so important. I actually know it's so important. And I preface this by saying part of the technique of this work is words matter. And we tend to say, I think a lot. And I take it out of our vocabulary because if I'm not sure, I substitute the phrase, I believe. But we tend emotionally to say, I think, because we don't want people to think we're arrogant or too aggressive, but it only creates equivocation. I want us to own our power. So just a sidebar to that. I like it. I knew I began as a classical singer. I have a master's in voice. And when I was 15 years old, my first voice teacher, Mrs. Julia Kinsel, to my first book is dedicated. She was in her mid-70s. I'm now 73, so maybe she was my age or a little older. And in the middle of my lessons, I would actually behave like this. I would say, stop, no. I don't want to do it like that. I hear it this way, manically clamping my hands to my ears like some crazy person. And she allowed this bizarre behavior. 
because she knew something about me I didn't yet know. I hear vocal sound unlike anyone I've ever met. When I hear a voice, I hear who you are. It's what I refer to as perfect pitch. Can't tell B flat from D anymore, but when I hear you, I hear you. And so her lack of dogma helped me create a new way. Vocal awareness is actually a paradigm shift in communication. And many elements of the work from empowerment to voice, to visceral language, to many other elements are actually trademarked now. And I'm proud of that because copyright office said it's original thought. You get to keep this stuff. But it began with Mrs. Kinso allowing me to define a new way to communicate. So what is it that you can do for people in their communication? Because the voice is what we all measure each other through, consciously or unconsciously. How can you help people find a voice, enhance their voice, have a longevity to their voice? What exactly is it that you bring to them? Can I play with you? Of course. Okay. Ask me the beginning of that again, and I'll stop you midway. What exactly is it that you get to bring to people? What is your niche? What is the piece? So now, sit as a man of stature, and I'm going to help you literally with your hand with, as I move mine from three inches below your navel, which is where cord begins, slowly and gracefully pull this thread right up to the top of your crown chakra. Slow, really slowly. Here we go again, it's bar work, it's not calisthenics. And notice right there how you inhale. Did you notice that? Keep pulling, taller, taller. And there it went again, hand down, but stay in what I call stature. Neck, shoulders loose chest open, core engaged. And now we're going to inhale for five silent loving seconds. And at the apex, you're going to ask me the same question. In five, four, three, two. What exactly is the niche that you have that you believe affects people? Do you feel or hear any difference? Yeah, of course. And all we did was sit up differently and breathe. And then I recognize the posture that Tony has. Yes. And thank you. Also, watch what happens. Sit at attention, please. Sit at attention? Sit at attention. Sit up straight. But I was. <laughs> no, there's, I'm doing it like this for a purpose. Just sit at attention. And notice how you hold your breath. That's what we do when we present ourselves. Right. So now, embodying a man of stature... The first impulse is to inhale. So I teach communication mastery. One of the articles I wrote a couple of years ago for Huffington or Entrepreneur, it was entitled, Leadership, Can It Be Taught? Mm. Just because we put our name on the door and we've got letters after it, or we have a title above the name, doesn't mean that we're leaders. Just means we're the boss, or we have... X number of degrees. But we haven't learned how to be leaders specifically. So vocal awareness, because it's communication mastery, teaches communication in a fundamentally different way. As you may know, I teach a lot of elite athletes, a lot of superstar performers. And I'll say to an elite athlete in the first lesson, you bring the talent to your sport, but someone literally teaches you every single thing you do. But who teaches us to be ourselves? 
we don't realize how much work it actually takes to be ourselves mm -hmm. while others watch. We tend to present. We're actually taught you have to bond with your audience, for God's sakes. Well, what if somebody over there has a different POV? I can't serve you both. And because as you work with Tony, you know how in these loud, intense, high-energy environments, you raise pitch a lot, trying to get from here to the back of the room. Mm -hmm. Which harms our voices. Where's the mic? You're wearing it. And so we want to be able to be mindful of pitch, for example. If I say to you, it's really, it's genuinely very nice for me to be sharing this time with you today. Thank you so much. Versus, it's genuinely very nice for me to be sharing time with you today. Thank you so much. We don't know why the first one feels disingenuous. Mm -hmm. We don't realize it's only because my pitch is too high and I'm speaking too fast. We don't know what the second one Arthur breathed. He slowed down. His pitch went lower. All we get is that's more authentic. Mm -hmm. And I didn't just say that's more authentic. I said that's more authentic. Because I put a downbeat in that last word, of an accent grove over the E, authentic, and I underline the word and I see a P. That's called visceral language. I... I'm a singer. I look at music and it tells me everything to do. What word was just underlined there? And, but we look at words and they don't tell us anything. They're just words. So I teach us how to make voice visual. Mm. It's a game changer, I can assure you. And if you look on my website or go to YouTube and look at some of the Hall of Fame speeches I write for some of my clients, Ladanian Tomlinson, Terrell Davis, Emmett Smith, et cetera. They're all annotated in visceral language on hard copy on the, on the podium and also annotated in visceral language on the prompter. And then, so not only have we written this, they've learned how to interpret that. And then I help them with their performance and body, not just a great football player or a great basketball player, whomever, but to embody a champion. And I, I use that word specifically, you clearly are that. Tony clearly is that. The people who aspire, who are on listening in on this podcast, aspire. But I learned when I was writing Ladanian's speech that the root of the word champion is not a sports-centric term. It literally means dazzlingly skilled in any field. Mm. Yes. So I'm awakening our inner champion. I love it. Would, would you consider that Obama was, was a good orator? Would you ask me that again? I asked, we spoke about I think. We eliminated from our vocabulary. It's part of what I refer to as white noise. Okay. So is, um, Do you uh, believe? Do you believe? No, no. That's, that part's fine. But take out the ums and uhs. Do you believe that Obama is a great orator? Now, did you, you clearly notice the difference, but what I'm also pointing out, and I'll answer the question, is that you became a better listener. So the sixth of the seven rituals in vocal awareness is pay attention, deeper listening. We connect intra and interpersonally to our communi communication simultaneously. Quite often, yes. Did he always access it? No. But clearly gifted. No question. 
one of the, the most compelling moments was when he came, when he was in the White House, and he made that announcement about the assassination of, of bin Laden and the gravitas he brought to that moment, for example. If you look at President Clinton at his last State of the Union, after he'd just been impeached, you don't know anything other than what he wants you to know from his performance. And I use that word performance specifically, because we're taught these are presentations. We walk out in front of people, a PowerPoint, whatever it is. They're not, they're performances, because someone is watching or listening. But we look up in the back of my last book, Vocal Leadership, Seven Minutes a Day to Communication Mastery. One of the appendices at the back is a glossary of root sources to words. Presentation, for example, means to introduce formally, to bring before the public. Performance means to carry out, fulfill, to do. So we've misconstrued a presentation that's actually less authentic because we're hoping you like me. Performance is claiming our power. And in our work I teach, voice is power. And that when you own your voice, you own your power. So talk to us a little bit about the, the, the steps, if you would. There's, there's a process, yes? Absolutely. And did you notice, as I just said, that last part, you inhale. I don't know if you noticed. I didn't consciously but, notice. Taking notes. And I pointed out, because when the body hears a truth, it breathes to acknowledge that. Okay. So, we have seven rituals. Tony used to refer to my rituals as pattern interrupts. Mm -hmm. He would say to create a new pattern, you have to exaggerate behavior to establish a new pattern. And to break an old one, excuse me. And so, these are pattern interrupts. Because speech is habit. We never think about it. If a dancer can't do turns to the left, they don't have a gig. If a ball player can't hit a curveball, he doesn't have a gig. But here, we can be the walking wounded and we still function. But this is mastery. So it begins with stature as preparation for everything we do. And there is no off switch. The first of the seven rituals we have three ways to approach it. One is to say thank you to God. One is to say thank you to source. Or one is to simply say thank you. So if you would choose to do one of those within yourself and really embrace the notion of thank you. And as with stature, the first thing you did was inhale. And your internal and external space are subtly quieter. True. I don't know one athlete, one artist who doesn't have rituals before they walk out. The ritual always has a spiritual component. It's not just biomechanics. I'm not just warming up on the wings. I'm not just stretching on the sidelines. May I ask you to stand and sit two different times? Sure. Stand up, please. Just in place. Now, just sit down and relax. Kick back. Forget all the stature smatcher nonsense. And notice how you feel. Notice how the room feels. Got it? Got it. Stand in place one more time, please. Don't try to figure this out. Just turn off your left brain and don't think about whom or what. And just feel what it might be like to love and let go. 
Just hear the words love and let go. And when you choose to, sit down. And again, before you even moved, the first thing you did was inhale. And you sat down differently. And your space internally, externally, you're quiet. Mm -hmm. The first ritual is always to say thank you. The second ritual is to love and let go. You don't know what love and let go is from a balance. But your unconscious does. Mm -hmm. So when we put ourselves in stature, we thank source, we love and let go. The body's first impulse is to inhale. It's the body's way of saying, thank you for giving me permission to be. I breathe in acknowledgement. And it helps us change state. These pattern interrupts, as Tony so acutely understands. The root of the word spirit, spiritus, is to breathe. I don't want to motivate. I want to inspire. Inspirare is to breathe into. The Hebrew word neshama is both soul and breath. So we use breath in a very fundamental and critically important way to help us claim our power. Then we breathe differently. The phrase, I'm an extraordinary man, if you'd repeat that, please. I'm an extraordinary man. Now, take a nice deep breath and at the apex say the same thing. I'm an extraordinary man. Great, now this time sitting in stature, Feel the thread, and I'm going to help you breathe. It's called a conscious, loving breath. We don't take, we allow. It will take five seconds with your eyes on me. In five, four, deeper, deeper, loving, deeper, deeper, and the phrase. Uh, what is the phrase again? Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. And underline extraordinary and see a period after the word man. Okay. Stature, I'm helping you in five. Source, four, three. I'm an extraordinary man. Now, more naturally for yourself and believe it and feel it. Three, two, no rushing. I'm an extraordinary man. Yes. Do you feel and hear the difference? Mm -hmm. So, a breath isn't only physical, it's also emotional. None of us got to anywhere in life unscathed. This journey is not for the faint of heart. We, know, we all know the statistics. Trauma is often trapped in our breath. And when I'm tense, when I'm feeling inadequate or I'm feeling judged, it tense up. If I say, I am an extraordinary man, sounds just fine, versus, I am an extraordinary man. You didn't know the first time my tongue and jaw were tied. That's all. Watch my face. I am an extraordinary man versus I am an extraordinary man. Second one, because my eyes were engaged, literally changed the sound of a voice. So what I'm illustrating here is that the mastery lies in the subtlety. Mm -hmm. These things we never think about. But again, that player, that athlete, has been taught the subtlest and the most fundamental techniques and reinforced year after year after year. But we just walk out and talk. So should I keep going? Yes. So then 
how many of your listeners, your viewers warm up before they perform? Zero. But what is a singer doing before they go out on stage? What is that athlete doing before they walk on the court or the field? They're stretching, they're warming up. So we warm up in vocal awareness. I'm in my work, sounding just great. On my website, I, have a, I keep a sweet little video clip somewhere. The NFL Network is one of my clients and, and I teach the game day morning team of Michael Irvin, Mooch and Kurt and Rich. And so I was at this year's Super Bowl, the year before I wasn't there. And so I wake up Super Bowl Sunday and I get this little homage on my email, on my, my text with my men doing this, all three collectively. Mooch saying, ready boys? Because we're warming up our voices. That's what I do on Sunday mornings with them in football season, beginning at 5 a.m. as they go live at 6. You hear the additional resonance and presence in my voice just from one of those. That's the first aspect. That's a warm-up. Then the second aspect, I take those same words. How ridiculous do I sound, of course. I am an extraordinary man, however, does not sound so ridiculous when I'm done. Yes. So I apply all of this to the words, to everything. So that isn't merely about what I do. It is conveyed through who I am. Ooh. That's very appropriate for the I am movement. <laughs> and also, because I teach empowerment through voice, I used to say to Tony, we cannot empower people, Tony. That's arrogant for us to think we can, but we can help them empower themselves. It's the fishing metaphor. We know that. Right. One of the words in the back of my book is hubris. It means blaspheming the gods or extreme arrogance. People say to us throughout our lives, oh, don't act like that. What will people think? Well, you shouldn't say that. You sound arrogant. So if I say to you, Vocal awareness is extraordinary work and can help you change your life in moments. Now, that's stupid and arrogant. But if I say in response, vocal awareness is extraordinary work. It can help you change your life in moments. That's not arrogant. It's my truth. Mm -hmm. So I teach in vocal awareness that hubris is positive. I'm teaching us how to be ourselves without approbation. We don't need permission. Sociologists have fed us this empty bill of goods for generations that the greatest fear in society is public speaking. Completely ridiculous. However, the greatest fear are two fears. Fear of abandonment and ownership of my power. Blaming myself without worrying about what you think of me while I'm being me. So that athlete isn't hoping the coach approves or their teammates like, teammates like what they do. They are totally hubristic in that moment. That performer on the stage, to be able to own that level of art, that's courage. That's hubris. It's about the work, capital W. So we then create a persona statement. What is my brand? How do I want to be known? Wow, I have a choice? 
And I teach that every single thing in life revolves only around two things, to choose to do something or to choose not to. Doesn't matter how scary, how daunting. All that matters is how badly I want. Even an abdication to make a choice by walking away. All I care about, however, is does that choice empower me or disempower me? For everything in life costs something. Which price do we want to pay? Am I making any sense? Making a lot of sense. I'm taking a ton of notes and you have me somewhat mesmerized as you're walking me down this path. I, I like it a lot. Would you please, thank you so much. Also, I do a, a, oftentimes in seminars because the fifth ritual is take my time. I teach people that it's never how fast, rather how effective. So I read a, a phrase and they time and I do it four different ways. And we realize that nothing is gained by going too fast, but potentially everything is lost. Mm -hmm. And in this, what I call fingers and thumbs time in our lives, we have lost the art of public discourse. We don't even know how to look one another in the eye. Mm -hmm. And so this is critically important. We have an election next year, critically important. We've abdicated our responsibility as global citizens. And so I'm doing the movie network and I'm traveling the globe saying, I'm mad as hell and I don't want to take us anymore. I'm lifting up windows wherever I can get a chance because we have to stand for what is right. And we need the most powerful political, political figure in the world truly communicate in a way that is integral and reflects our values, not just a narrow niche. And, and I'm not making a political statement, but we are in the most dangerous time in our world since World War II. And we have to take notice. And so, because voice is power, words do matter. And in vocal awareness I'm teaching, it's not just what we say, it's how we say it. It's not just the message, but the messenger. So you're bringing a, a strong awareness to that. I'm guilty, like maybe some other people as well, of speaking very rapidly. Can you tell me this again with your eyes on me? Yes. Um, I am. The, um, and without the um? I am, I am guilty of speaking rapidly. And I'm thinking now maybe because if I speak quickly enough, I'm going to feel that I am enough. Wow, Is, what a observation that actually gave me a chill and you felt the fundamental shift as I made have you sustained your eye contact there's more sovereignty there for many of us however it's also scarier mm -hmm. because we're claiming something now we have to convince ourselves that quote-unquote I am enough what an astute observation and so in our practice in vocal awareness, because we've I've said the sixth ritual is pay attention, deeper listening. And I, you'll, in my work, you read any of my books, sometimes I spell voice with a capital V, sometimes with a lowercase. The capital V is my inner voice. The lowercase V is my speaking voice. My inner voice, what I refer to as my deeper self. If you'd write the seventh ritual down right now, please, be myself. Tell me when you've written it. Yes. Now write it as it's actually intended. It's three words. 
The third word begins with a capital S. See the difference? Mm -hmm. That's this word. And it doesn't say present. And so this work really is about empowerment through voice. It's not going to happen, however, by tomorrow at five. Michael Irvin has been a dear friend and student for over 20 years. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver from the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And I was at his home in Plano a few years ago. We we're working on something and told me that I have to do a speech for my men's group at Potter's Church in a few weeks. And so I write all my speeches, my clients, we put on the recorder and I draw things out and then I shoot. So it sounds like it's their voice, not as an as told to voice. And Michael told me he's one of 17 children. Whoa. Middle of the pack. And his amazing mother was widowed when Michael was in his early teens. And when Michael started kindergarten, there was no money for preschool or time or anything. So he entered kindergarten not knowing his colors or his numbers. So he was named Dumb. First or second grade, he didn't remember which. He's sitting after school with the teacher doing homework, and the teacher says, finish your homework, I'll take you out on the playground and we'll toss the football around. Finish his homework to go out on the playground, tosses the football. Hmm. Step back. Hmm. Step back again. Now Michael is named football player. Oh. So he wrote a speech for his men's group at Potter's Church called Who Names You? Oh, 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 oh. goosebump moment. So when we create our persona statement, it has two parts. The first part we answer is, how do I believe I'm presently perceived? The second one we answer is, how do I ideally want to be known? The root of the word persona literally means through the sound. One's identity is largely conveyed through the sound of a voice, and it used to be an opinion that's created in three seconds. Now it's virtually instantaneous. So there is no warm-up time. So if I walk out there feeling anxious, I blew my moment. In one of my books, I tell a story of a CEO of a division of this global, this Fortune 50 company, that her division was responsible for a hundred for a billion dollars of business. And in college, she was an all-American basketball player. And she was so intense playing basketball that one time she was playing a pickup game in Santa Monica out on the beach, and some guy was ragging on her from the sidelines, and she he wouldn't shut up, so she decked him with this with the basketball, and he came out and clocked her. But she wasn't gonna back down. But in the office, there was a subordinate she had been attempting to fire for some months, but couldn't do it, a male subordinate. So I would tell her, you left your tennis shoes in the locker room because the same woman did not show up in the office that showed up on that court. So we spent a couple of months orchestrating it, warming up, rehearsing it, what to wear, how to set the room. He was gone before end of business. <laughs> because she had her brand, she had her persona, she had the work. Mm. We don't want anybody to name us. We have to name ourselves. So that's a very, very crucial point because a lot of 
what I teach and I believe has shaped my life is a lot of the naming of other people of us. And my, one of my stories was I was named Pizza Face. And I repeated Pizza Face to myself many times as I had acne and I thought I was ugly. And this resulted in me and my self-esteem going down and my confidence going down until later when I came across a new programmer that encouraged me to change the label and to self-label myself. And I changed it from pizza face to ruggedly handsome. Tell me that again, those last three to what? I changed my persona that was, was offered to me by my bullying brother to from pizza face to ruggedly handsome. No, no, embody those last two words. To what? From pizza face to ruggedly handsome. Slow it down, please. In three, two. From pizza face to ruggedly handsome. See, they're not just words. Yes. You feel what we just did? Yes. So I'm not making you into somebody you're not. I'm helping bring out what's possible. Yes. I follow you. I like it. It's subtle. That was what you just did. And thank you for sharing that with us. So I love the way you frame it is you, what did you call it again? One's the persona. And so the label that's given to us and then the self-appointed one. Can you say that again? We answer the question, how do I believe I'm presently perceived? Right. How would I ideally like to be known? And then there are two other parts of one chooses. There are drawings, one drawing that reflects the first image, one that reflects the second. They can be stick figures, they can be complex. I've received everything from stick figures to collages. It doesn't matter. But you'll see they are very different. Even when they appear similar, they're still different. I won't say what. And so then, in our practice, we learn to show up as this. I love it. I love it. This is such beautiful stuff. So I want to be respectful of your time for... I already overstayed my welcome by 15 minutes. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. It's, uh, we're, we're grateful. Appreciate that. This will be our longest episode, but it's, it's totally worthy. If somebody wants, so let's say somebody is not a public speaker, but they want to say claim their own persona, their own voice. They want to have a self-perception of themselves that is congruent with who they can be. What, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? What is the best way for them to follow you, be taught by you, et cetera? I'm a third base coach, but you felt what was happening, correct? Yes. It's because my camera's up top and you're down the bottom on my screen. So that's why I'm toggling back of between course. the two. And, but I was talking to your unconscious. It doesn't know what you don't empirically know, but I'm relaxing your tongue and releasing tongue and jaw tension. Just okay. help you feel safer. Okay. And so my website is vocalawareness.com and people can find me that way, of course. They can write to support at vocalawareness.com. And my team forwards me every email, and I personally answer every email. And this is my life's work. When you say 54 years, this is my life's work. And 
of course, everything is on Amazon, my books and my online courses. And very importantly, we're speaking off camera. I've earlier this year launched a certification program because this is my legacy time. And I don't want this work to pass when I do, hopefully not for decades to come yet, but nevertheless. And so I'm training people in this work as Tony has trained people in his. But you begin to see how this interface could actually work as we were speaking. Yes. And it, it complements, it doesn't take away from. And, and so that's how I write, do all of my material for it to be self-contained. So if you actually read my book, you'll understand how to do this work. You, during my VIP club, Voices Power, lots of videos. You read some of my articles on my website. There's a TEDx talk. It's 18 minutes on my homepage. I teach you everything about vocal awareness. But the challenge is that I'm a complete intellectual sense. You understand what I'm saying, but the doing it to paraphrase the Wizard of Oz is a horse of a very different color. So this is not calisthenics. This is art. It's bar work. How many ways are there to do first position if you're the ballad? And so we're self-correcting all the time, not self-judging, self-correcting. And we video, we audio, we take small steps. Wow, like an infant. He sat up today. He rolled over. Every seemingly insignificant discovery is a milestone because it never happened before. Wow, I just maintained eye contact in that last conversation. I remember to stay in stature. Look how it makes me feel. I walked out and I was anxious, but I allowed a conscious loving breath and I immediately calmed down. Little pieces. That's the key to our success. So you have a, you, I think you have something special for our listeners, yes? You know I do. And I just had to play with that, sorry about that. And yes, because my vision is what it is, I don't want, this podcast to be a one-off where I just come and babble for a few minutes. So I create an offering for a course I created a couple of years ago called Visual Voice Pro, which teaches visceral language, which teaches this work that I've shared with you today with me. It's one-on-one -on -one with me and you, you and me. And it's quite effective. And I offer it at a 50% discount just for your audience. And it is a game changer. Tell us a little bit how that will work so people can wrap their head around it and they can come to a decision. They get this online course and it's, as you can, one of my paradigms is that structure does not impinge, it liberates. Freedom without direction is chaos. So as you can imagine, it's very structured, it's very linear. However, I may be the most linear teacher anyone will have ever met, but there's nothing linear in the work. A breath isn't only a breath. It's mind, body, spirit, because it's mastery. It's not merely sitting up straight, it's stature. So the video breaks down each of these elements and then teaches you the visceral language. I'm working off of one of Emmett Smith's speeches and show you how the visceral language impacts the communication and teaching you how to do it. So this is all recorded and we watch it and then we learn through the recording is that correct exactly you do it right along with me 
And how long is it? I don't recall, actually. Okay. But it's well, I'm excited I'm signing up, that's for sure. Well, you got a free one, so, you know. Wow, hey. even better. I'm, I'm going to double because down. I, just sell it. I want you to respectfully do so only if you feel there's value because you've experienced and that's how I, I do it all is I kind of am the guinea pig of things that I dive into. And then when I really embrace it and believe it and have that transformation myself, then I become a great advocate. Tell me that again and don't take your eyes off me till you're done. And I what? And I become a great advocate. Because we just discarded it, but we see a period at the end and then we break away. Okay. So hold, finish, and then move away. Yes. Beautiful. Well, I'm excited. I'm very excited. You're a beautiful soul. I can feel your soul. I can feel your passion. I can feel your commitment to giving people, letting people feel safe in their journey to their own empowerment, which is, you know, I guess it's that famous talk that, I forget who did it, but it's like we're afraid of our own power, right? No question and being given permission to be ourselves, be safe, and be enough being ourselves, but then in the glory, I, I'm, I feel then we become even more. Take out the I feel, but in the glory? We become even more. You see, we don't need to qualify it. I'm gonna enjoy but working with you. I, I feel this sense of clarity, I feel the sense of subtle nuances that, that have, have been beckoning at my door, but I haven't known how to implement them. And I have a feel, feeling you have the key to helping me do that. So I really want to thank you for, for pouring into this podcast in the way that you did. It was almost like a coaching for me personally. Almost? It felt like a coaching to me it personally. Felt? It felt? It was a coaching for me hey, personally. <laughs> so... And when you see Tony, or send Tony a note and just say, I send hugs and do that. Appreciate I will do that. So let me remind our listeners that the words that follow I am, follow you. So choose your labels wisely and maybe go out there and recreate some new ones that aren't empowering you. Claim your own power. And you've just experienced a beautiful episode with my dear friend, Arthur Joseph. Thank you so much. God bless everyone. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.